0: Let's talk about books. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you?
1: Pretty good. Reading books. Should we talk about some books? <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's let's talk about books. All right, let's do it. So, tell me tell me what you're reading right now. So,
0: the first book I'm reading is actually very appropriate since it's almost Valentine's Day. I just started Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin. And it's a little confusing, but I think the deal is it... So it came out in Canada first, I believe. I believe Uzma Jalaluddin is Canadian. And it's coming to the U.S. in June. So, like, you can... I think you could kind of get your hands on it, but it isn't technically available in the U.S. Anyway... Aisha at Last is a Muslim retelling of Pride and Prejudice set in Canada, and it's about Aisha, who just started a new job teaching to pay off her debts to this wealthy uncle of hers who helped pay, I think, for her schooling and maybe some other things. And to do so, she's given up her dream of being a spoken word poet. And then, so, so she's kind of the Lizzie Bennet character. And then there's Khalid, who's a wealthy young man who's he's very traditional he's uh a very traditional muslim and so he's living with his mother and he is all too happy for her to arrange a marriage for him and so he and Aisha meet and they sort of have complicated feelings for each other because he's i think kind of attracted to her and she finds him super judgmental and arrogant and frustrating obviously he's the Darcy character yes. and Aisha is annoyingly attracted to him, because she's the Lizzie character. <laughs> and then, because Khalid's mother is, you know, setting him up in this arranged marriage, he actually gets set up with her cousin, Hafsa, who's Aisha's boisterous cousin. And so then, obviously, things become even more complicated, because then he's kind of engaged to someone else, and he's very traditional, so wants to, you know, kind of follow... What his mother wants him to do, and she's a little less traditional, and feelings have complicated things. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see how it goes, and it's been getting a lot of really positive reviews. And in fact, it's already been optioned for film, which is really cool. And yeah, it's just really exciting. There, there've been all of these great, diverse Pride and Prejudice retellings recently. I know we already talked about Pride by E.B. Zaboy on this podcast, which we both read and really loved. And in addition to this one, of course, which is set in a Toronto Muslim community, there's also another upcoming adaptation that I know both of us have discussed and are pretty excited for, called Unmarriageable by Sonia Kamal. Well,
1: it's not upcoming; it's out. When did it come out? Before this episode releases. <laughs> so not yet for current us. Yeah, it comes out I but... believe in 2 days. I'm I'm pretty sure it's coming out in 2 days. So, anyway,
0: <laughs> Unmarriageable, which is out at the time this podcast comes out by Sonya Kamal. Which is a Pride and Prejudice retelling set in modern-day Pakistan. So I'm really loving all of these adaptations set in different cultures and just very cool modern retellings. Yeah. I'm really loving that. I'm trend. excited
1: that you're reading Should last and enjoying it because it's as soon as I heard about it, it's been on my like to read list. So
0: I know, and it's crazy that we've been getting all of these retellings. Yeah. I just always think reading retellings of it is really fun and these are all like especially interesting and creative and um really well done yeah. from what I've seen so far. Anyway. Yeah. So.
1: so, tell me what you're reading. So, I'm reading The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. It's the first book in the Mistborn series and it's Just very traditional, like, epic fantasy. Well, it's not entirely traditional fantasy, but it's definitely epic fantasy. It falls well within that genre. It's a very long book, you know, set in a fantasy world. There's all this fantasy stuff. The one sort of twist to it is instead of it sort of being the Chosen One's journey to save the world, this is basically the story. The Chosen One didn't save the world, and this is the aftermath. So now there are, like, all these people trying to overthrow, like, the evil government, because it's a very oppressive regime and like it's the world's been destroyed every night this mist forms and people can't go out because there are like these monsters in it and they have ash fall ash falls from the sky constantly so everything's just like dirty and gross and like stuff doesn't grow well So it's just, like, a very bad place, and it's talking about, like, these people, because people have powers that are sort of related to ingesting metal, basically. They burn metal internally, and it gives them different powers, and Mistborns are people who can do it with all the medals you can do this with. And most people can just do it with one medal. It's very good. It's very long. I've been reading it for more than a week now and I'm only halfway through. Oh, wow. So it's a very long book.
0: And you're a fast reader.
1: I am. I will say I got slowed down by a couple other books in the middle. I needed a break. Oh, okay. This is a lot of epic (laughs) fantasy. It sounds like it. (laughs) So uh, it's really good though. I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm very, I don't know where it's going to go because I know it doesn't end with this book, which means like the thing they're trying to do can't go well. So I don't know really where it's going to go and how this story is going to resolve. I also, it's sort of being told from the perspective of two characters and I can't decide which one's the main character because I feel like they sort of have opposing interests in some ways. And there are all these like little hints where I'm like, I think they keep bringing people up and I'm like, I think this is going to be important, but it's a very long book so you have to wait a long time to find out about these things. <laughs> but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, I don't think I've read like a really epic fantasy that's like more traditional in a long time. Yeah. So this is fun. It'll probably be the longest book I read in 2019 though, almost certainly. Yeah. So kind of like some Patrick Rothfuss vibes. Definitely. I mean, not really. It it doesn't really remind me of the Patrick Rothfuss books well, at all. Was, other than that, it's epic more in fantasy, terms of
0: like epic fantasy and Link. Yes,
1: those things it hasn't come, in. that does remind. Me. Maybe this won't be the name long... of the
0: wind is crazy. <laughs> maybe long.
1: this won't be the longest book because I do want to read the Wise Man's Fear this year. So who knows? This might not Ooh, be yeah. the longest book after all. But I'm enjoying it so far. Well, within the epic fantasy genre, and if that's something you like, maybe check it out. This has this has been out for a really long time though, so I'm sure like. A lot of people have already read it. I just hadn't read it yet. Well, I'm glad you're getting to it. So tell me about your other book.
0: So one of my other current reads is Min We Reaped by Jasmine Ward, who is an author we really like, or at least we, I think we've both only read one book by her, but we both really loved it, Sing Unburied Sing, which maybe some of you are familiar with. It was very, very hyped when it came out. I think in 2017. I, I believe it yeah, was in 2017. in 2017. And it was just this really, really lush and fascinating magical realism book that we both totally fell in love with. And so I've had Minwe Reaped on my Kindle for a while. And so Jasmine Ward has written several fiction books. That's what she's known for is kind of her magical realism, very Southern magical realism but this is actually a memoir, huh. so it's very different. And I've, I've been on a bit of a memoir kick lately, to be honest with you. Like, I read Born a Crime by Trevor Noah last year, which I talked about on this podcast, and was one of my absolute favorite books that I read in 2018. And I also recently read Educated by Tara Westover, and my library Hold On Becoming by Michelle Obama just came in. So it's up next on my list. So I've just been on a bit of a memoir kick, and I've been really enjoying them. And so I noticed that this was still on my Kindle, and I hadn't read it. And I've been trying, as we discussed in our last Book Talk episode, to do a better job of reading some of the books that I have just already accumulated over the years so anyway i decided i wanted to dive into this one and basically what the book is about is kind of jasmine ward's life but really more so about there were these five young black men in jasmine ward's life who died all in separate incidents and all within about four years of each other and so she's kind of yeah pretty horrifying and so she's and in fact three of them died in the same year i think it was 2004 within like months of each other Wow. And so she's kind of looking back into her upbringing, the history of her family and her friends and her hometown, and tracing back how a history of institutionalized racism and poverty in her rural Mississippi town and, you know, in the U.S. in general, contributed and led to the untimely death of these five men because they were all quite young. And it has, obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's very dark I'm not very far into it yet, but when that is essentially the bookends of what the book is going to be about, is The Death of These Five Young Men, obviously it's going to be a very hard read. But at the same time, it has the same very lyrical prose that I think we both fell in love with in Sing Unburied Sing, because Jasmine Ward is just a really magnificent writer. She has a very good eye for prose and writing just really lovely sort of sense settings mm-hmm. really making you feel like you're there and I also am really appreciating that I think it's going to give me a much greater understanding of where a lot of her inspiration for that book for Sing Unburied Sing and for some of her others came from and especially with Sing Unburied Sing thinking about the generational legacy of trauma which plays such an integral role in that book. Yeah. So that said... <laughs> Obviously, it's going to be very dark and it's going to be a hard read, I think, um, especially because it's sort of switching back and forth in the timeline, going from her family history and her childhood and then alternating that with chapters focusing more on these five young men. Mm -hmm. So that may be a little challenging. We'll see how that goes as I move forward. I don't know this for sure. Obviously, you know, going to be a lot of death and a lot of traumatic death. I think I read or heard somewhere that some of it may also deal with suicide. So obviously, you know, that's kind of a trigger warning for anybody who's thinking about reading it. You know, don't go into it unprepared. I think it's going to be a pretty hard and dark read, which is one of the reasons I've kind of waited so long to read it, because I think it will be um, pretty difficult to get through. But I think it's also going to be kind of an important read and a very interesting read, especially in terms of understanding her as a writer a little better.
1: Yeah, that sounds really interesting yeah so i guess now we need to talk about what we're going to talk about this week other than books
0: (laughs) yeah what what are we going to talk about well if you've read the title you probably already know um yeah so this is kind of our valentine special of the month we're doing some sort of romance themed topics for the month of february and so we decided for this episode to talk about otps
1: what is an otp
0: (laughs) great question sarah
1: (laughs) That sounded
0: really badly scripted, and it was not, which is maybe even worse. <laughs> so, our great improv skills. OTPs are a term in fandom that's used to describe your favorite pairing of characters. So it's a term used in shipping, which is kind of a similar related term in fandom, which basically just means characters you want to see together in a relationship. Get it? Relationship? Shipping? Shipping? That's where that word comes from. Anyway, it's your favorite pairing of characters in a fandom. And a little bit on the origin of the word, because I actually, this is a term I'm very familiar with as a person who has been involved in fandom for a good long while, um, at least in some (laughs) realms and ways. But I had no idea where it came from. And I don't think you did either. I did a little bit of digging, because it's just one of those words that if you are in fandom, you know what it means, and that anybody outside of it if they hear it, they're like, "What did you just say?" But anyway, OTP. So one true pairing. Where this first came from, according to the fan lore wiki, one of the earliest known uses of the term was actually featured in a summary of a Star Trek zine in 1984. That's where like so,
1: all the fandom, scary, fandom words well, come Star from. Trek is Star Trek was like
0: the original modern fandom, yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's, you think of like Trekkies, that's where a lot of conventions started. So that really, obviously fandom existed in forms and shipping existed in forms before then, actually way far back, although I'm not really going to go into that. I'll I'll include some links if you want to do some more digging into some of this stuff, because there are some interesting things. But yeah, Star Trek was kind of the original modern fandom. And that that was the first, at least I think, known usage that, people have been able to identify and it was just in this summary of the star trek zine that was talking about i think uh this edition of the zine that was focusing on ships involving spock so relationships involving spock different pairings Mm -hmm. and so it included the line and of course more kirk slash spock because we all know that's our one true pairing so that seems to be the first at least identified usage of the term and then it continued to grow in popularity particularly in the 2000s, kind of the early 2000s and then up through the 20-teens. Throughout that and as that grew in popularity in fandom speak. Various portmanteaus have also cropped up, including no TP, which some of you may be familiar with, as the opposite of an OTP. So basically, characters that you viscerally hate shipping together. And then some others like bro TP, which are characters who you ship platonically as good friends. So yeah, I'll, I'll link some articles for anyone who wants to know more about that, but I thought that was pretty interesting that the term had actually been around since the 80s. Yeah. because And, and also that it originated with Star Trek, as you said. So I thought all of that was pretty interesting, because I had absolutely no idea, even though I've been using this word for a long time. Yeah. So, I think that brings us into the question of, who do we ship? Who are our OTPs? Okay. If any, do we have
1: OTPs? Are we shippers? What's the deal, Sarah? So, I do ship some things. Usually what I ship is, like, what's canonically happening, I don't really – only – I rarely diverge from what's going to happen canonically.
0: I find I rarely diverge in books. I'm more likely, I think, to do so – Sometimes on, like, TV shows or movies or things like that.
1: I'll also say I don't always ship things, (laughs) like... I don't either. Sometimes I'm just, like... Like, I enjoy it, but, like, I'm not... Shipping to me is something more than just, like, oh, yeah, I like them together. Harry Potter, something I had, like, strong opinions on and shipped. Yeah. Well, I will say, I think for the two
0: of us... I may be speaking out of (laughs) turn here for you, but I, I think for a lot of the ones where we're talking about OTPs or shipping, we aren't quite as intense about it as some people like I definitely have a few where I'm like very very yeah but I think for a lot of them I'm just like oh yeah I like these two characters together you know yeah
1: for harry potter it was pretty intense for other things it was like less intense and for like other things i remember i i know i ship stuff with the tortle books by tamora pierce
0: oh yeah you were into those yeah
1: i'm still i i have all the books you have an intense tamora pierce collection yeah, just tortle i didn't like the other series as much i read it but i prefer tortle and yeah i have i feel like that should be a pokemon yeah <laughs> It does. I I don't know if I say it right. It's like a weird word to say. It sounds like squirtle but a tortoise. Yeah, it does. But yeah, I, I when I first like had a place to live and like have my books on my own, I realized I'd lost a couple of copies of the books and new editions had come out and I didn't want mismatched editions. So I like scoured the internet to get the right editions to match my other copies of the books I had lost. I love that
0: but we have gotten very off topic into your Tamora Pierce
1: obsession we're so but all that to say is that was like I was really into those books I read them over and over when I was younger so I did like have feelings about shipping in those books well tell us your feelings but I feel like well what I was going to say though is I feel like it's i didn't have a, there wasn't a community around those the way they were from some other books like there was a little bit online but not really so I, I never really felt part of like the community with that and for me shipping is something you do with a community it's not something you do on your own yeah i could probably get behind that so like i had opinions on who the characters ended up with but I didn't share well, it.
0: It depends on how intense you are, you know, because if you were really intense about your ship and you were like, nobody else is into this, but I'm still going to write the fanfic and I'm still going to draw the fan, you know, yeah. it, like there could still be some pretty intense shipping even without community. But I, I think, I think your point is valid. I think the way we think of it, usually OTPs and shipping are very related to fandom. Yeah.
1: So Harry Potter is the really only literary series I think where I really got into the shipping of stuff. And for that, yeah. it was you know ron and hermione all the way and then like Harry and jenny uh, but it was really about yeah. ron and hermione
0: yeah i think i was more and i was never super intense because i was also you were a little older than i was so i was a little even though i we've talked before about our involvement in the harry potter fandom but i was on the younger end when the books were still coming out and when i was involved in that and so i don't think i ever got quite as involved in it as you did Sadly, I do not have any Harry Potter fanfic remnants, unlike some other people on this <laughs> podcast. Um, but yeah, I was I was definitely more intense about Ron and Hermione when I was younger. I was and still am quite against the Harry Hermione ship. Yeah. Not like it's not a no TP for me. Like let's be clear, I'm not like <laughs> anti exactly, but. That one just always bothered me because I really liked seeing them as friends, you know, like being able to see these two who I saw as kind of like, I mean, obviously Ron's a main character too, like it's the main trio, but the main male protagonist and the main female protagonist of the book who didn't have to be together in a relationship because that's usually how it's done.
1: Yeah. And Hermione sort of got to be her own person. She didn't have to be like. And they could be best friends without having to have
0: a romantic entanglement. And I really loved that.
1: Yeah, I did
0: too. So, yeah, I and I still remember when J.K. Rowling came out with the, oh, yeah, maybe Harry and Hermione should have been better. No. And I was just sort of forcing Ron and Hermione together. I was like, um, no. I was like, I will go down with this ship. Yeah. Because no. no. <laughs> so I, I definitely was pretty intense about that one. Yeah, that I was think when I... I shipped Harry and Ginny, and again, we've talked about this a little more strongly than I did Ron and Hermione. Yeah. But yeah, I was not okay with that.
1: Yeah. So, did you have other ships, like in other series, or is Harry Potter really the main one for you, too? I mean, that probably,
0: yeah, the main one in a lot of ways, particularly like thinking about when I was younger and the more literary ones. Although, I mean, <laughs> connecting back to earlier, Lizzie and Darcy, mm. Elizabeth and Mr. <sighs> Darcy. Yeah. Definitely one I was a very big fan of. I still remember in my high school AP Lit class that we because this was at, like, peak Twilight craze, that we made jokes about instead of being Team Edward or um, Team Jacob. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot his (laughs) name for a second. Embarrassing (laughs) that we were Team Darcy. (laughs) So yeah, pretty big fan of Lizzie and Darcy. I mean, a few others. Oh, well, I mean, of course, and this is – I'm arguing that it's literary because there is so much in the literary canon of it now, but Han and Leia. Yeah. That was, like – original probably otp because i was i mean i we started watching those i probably watched those movies before i could talk
1: probably so. i like i don't remember the first time i watched them but i, I think i was like at five all. or so
0: i have very vivid memories of when the prequel trilogy came out because yes we were, we, we, were, were very little, but we were old enough to see it in theaters but yeah I, I don't even remember when we first saw star wars so yeah han and leia was probably like the original yeah. otp for me before i even you know had any i was just like yes of course han and leia i love leia so much and i love han so much and they're perfect together yeah i mean a few a few other literary ones i just like but i don't shipping might be like a little bit of a, a strong word or like otp might be a strong word for them but baz and simon and carry on yes love them they're adorable cannot wait for wayward son side note yes um karu and akiva in Daughter of smoke and bone love them. They're like, we we don't exactly draw comparisons, but we touch on this just a little bit in our upcoming episode. Spoiler! But they do remind me a little bit of the main characters in that book. Yeah. So, I want to hear, we talked a little bit about no-TPs and bro-TPs. I want to hear if you have any no-TPs.
1: I mean, there's some in the Harry Potter community that I'm not there for. Same.
0: Are you gonna put them on like, blast?
1: Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. So I don't like Draco and Hermione. I I understand where that one comes from. I don't like it. But the one that I wasn't a huge fan of that
0: one, but it wasn't like a no TP. I think we might have the same no TP. Yeah,
1: I think many people have this one, but it's the Snape Hermione Hermione stuff. Oh my gosh, yes. It's
0: it's bad. I like. I think, I think I was horrified the first time I saw that.
1: Yeah, I think I was too, because I didn't. The areas of fandom I was in, that was, like, not what people were into, so I didn't see much of it. But when I did, I was just yeah. like, what? No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah, just, no, Nope, nope, nope. And since since I've already uh made Star Wars literary canon, um, I'll go ahead and say that my other, probably my biggest one, and this is going to be super controversial because so many people ship this, but it just makes my skin crawl, is Kylo Ren and Rey. Mm, yeah. I do not understand how people ship that yeah I don't ship it well and I know from seeing a little bit of like not reading the stuff but like seeing some of the stuff about it I think a lot of people who do that are very into like the redeeming Kylo Ren so like it's usually he's like better or something but I'm just no
1: I mean for that no, one no, no, that's no, no, very no, no. similar to the Draco Hermione thing like it's a similar sort of See, like
0: and to me that's totally different because Draco And Kylo Ren are on 100% different levels to me. Yeah. Like Draco, and we talked about this, again, a lot in our Harry Potter episodes, but to me he is a redeemable character. Yes. And we even talked about, I mean, he kind of does get a redemption arc in the series even, and he he, you know, does fall into the realm of antagonist toward the end. I mean, he's always an antagonist, but he falls really kind of into villain territory for a few books. But he's always... He,
1: he's always conflicted. He never goes so a, far that he can't be redeemed. And he is conflicted. Exactly,
0: exactly. He's always shown to have some qualms, I think, with what's going on and what he's doing. And I just really don't get that from Kylo Ren. Yeah. Same. Like, he's he's the entitled guy who decides he can do whatever he wants and do awful things to people and
1: they're in like different circumstances too because i feel like draco he's he's doing it because of his family like he has qualms but his family's all in
0: he's he's put in a terrible situation whereas kylo ren
1: he's like i think i hate my my family and then he like kills his father so
0: oh my gosh we are just stirring up so much controversy right here i can already feel it happening So let's move on from that topic now that we've alienated uh, some of our audience. Any bro tea piece? Um. I mean, we've kind of already touched on at least one, which is Harry and Hermione. Yeah,
1: that's definitely one.
0: That was, like, again, my first one, probably. Yeah.
1: I also really, like,
0: I thought of when I was thinking about this, I several from Lord of the Rings came to me like legolas and aragorn Mm. legolas and gimli yes frodo and sam Sam, of course like uh, lord of the rings has some really great friendships yes like just bros being the best of bros
1: I also like pretty much everyone with luna
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: (laughs) just like everyone with luna
0: i mean just luna everything all the time i love luna we've discussed this before too (laughs) she's a precious little angel Yes.
1: Well, I don't know that we have much more to say about OTPs and no-TPs and bro-TPs. I think we have said all that there is to be said at this point. I mean, probably not
0: all that there is to be said, but I think...
1: All, the, all. all that all there is to be
0: said from us. Yes. Yeah. I mean there's so much more to be said just log on to Tumblr. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we, I, we didn't really talk about stuff we've read more recently because I feel like I don't ship things as much in books now that I'm older. Uh, no. I like I, have well, opinions I, I talked on about them. a few things,
0: but that's that's why I was saying, you know, I think some of these I'm I'm using a little more loosely. Yeah. Because I do I do agree with what you said a bit about when I think of shipping, I think more about being so in love with that relationship that I dive into fandom right to discuss it or like read more about it or whatever and i haven't done that for a lot of the ones i've discussed and i do think now i don't always do that as much for books yeah. which is a weird thing to say but i tend to find myself shipping more out because with books i'm like a lot of times it's there and i've got it you know because i'm searching out the things i want but sometimes with a tv show or a movie i'm like ooh, i really love this but these characters you know yeah. or whatever so
1: yeah. I will say the closest with, like, a more current book I get is probably with Six of Crows and Nina and Mattias. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty into that. Can't say can't say too much about that for
0: spoiler alert. Yeah.
1: But, I'm not going to say anything yeah. else, but I'm pretty into it. I've had a few ships like that where it's,
0: like, part of the reason I'll dive into fandom is that they were kind of canon, but then oh, something stuff. happens yeah. and um, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah.
1: So that is one. Like, that's probably the only more modern like a more current read I've had where I like shipped something. I bet Six
0: of Crows has some good fanfic. I've never looked into that.
1: It's definitely got like a strong fandom community, and yeah, I, I, I bet. would, I I am certain there's a lot of fanfic for
0: it. Probably so. There, there is nothing more disappointing than deciding that like you want to dive a little deeper into a certain book or character or relationship or whatever and you're like i want to see if there's any good fanfic for this thing i just thought about because you always think like oh there'll be so much fanfic and then you go in and there's like two yeah and they're both really bad and written 20 years ago you know and you're like
1: oh okay i've had that experience before i've also with so Lee Bardugo's other series the grishaverse there's like a lot of people ship stuff in that one that i'm not into Pretty much all okay. people ships for that one. I'm not into.
0: Yeah, I still need to read. I love you series, do, I and that's to read why the rest I'm of The
1: especially since there's a movie yeah. or a, a TV, TV series yeah, coming out coming at some out point on Netflix. So excited! Yeah, so you need to read so The Grecian so we can talk because I can't say what any of these ships I know, I mean, I'm it's not, not into. I for like a year,
0: so I've got right. time.
1: Well, and I can't I talk about these out. ships at all because they're like huge, huge spoilers if I say anything for this one. So I'm not going to. But there are some things in that that people ship that I'm like. Nope. Mm. Not into it.
0: All right. Wow, we were trying to wrap up, and then we just dove right back into it, so...
1: Oh so yes, we Let's have wrap up again. more feelings than we thought we
0: did. <laughs> we have we have more the When when you get us going, we always have more feelings than we realize. Okay, so I'll go ahead and wrap this up by saying that I would like to give a big thank you to Sahara Sky for the use of our theme song, Never Long Time Goes By, from the album Escapism.
1: And thanks to all of you for listening. You can get in touch with us by tweeting at Unassigned Pod over on Twitter, emailing us at unassignedreadingpod at gmail.com, or going to our website, unassignedreadingpod.com. We'd love to hear about all your literary OTPs.
0: And we'd especially love it if you left a rating or review of the podcast over on itunes it means a lot to us and helps other people find the show
1: and we'll be back on the 22nd for our very special valentine's episode
0: yep all the feels continued and it will be featuring our very first discussion of a romance novel
1: the scribe by elizabeth hunter she's one of my favorite authors and i'm so excited to share this book with all of you and it's a really great way to finally get me to read it that too now go read some books